Hey guys, welcome back to Pure Skin Talk. My name is Devin MacArthur. And this week, we're busy. We have a lot to talk about. Clean beauty, parabens, phthalates. We're going to talk about the show Not So Pretty. Just the skin section. Because I don't know hair. I don't know nails. I just know skin. So that's what we're going to talk about. And... That's about it, but it's it's a jam-packed episode. We got, there's just a lot to, to just talk about and discuss and why people are scaring people with information that is just wrong. I don't, I don't know, but we're going to get to the bottom of it and I'm just going to, I'm going to break it all down for you guys and, and make it easy to understand and, and take the fear out of it all, but Anyways, before we get into that, how how has your week been? I went to Palm Desert this past weekend. It was amazing. It really is just my happy place. I love it so much. It was 110 degrees, 111 to be exact, but I loved it. I spent the entire day in the pool. As an esthetician, you I can hang out in the pool. And I always tell everybody, enjoy the sun. Like enjoy it. But I wore sunscreen. I wore a hat. I wore my sunglasses. Even my friend's daughter at some point, she was totally annoyed that her parents kept telling her to reapply her sunscreen. And she looked at me and she goes, you haven't reapplied yours. And I said, actually, I have. I've done it four times so far. And it was the truth. I had already reapplied my sunscreen four times that day because I do not want to get burned. And I did not. So... That's what you got to do. It's a pain. It absolutely is. I don't deny that, but it's worth it because I'm doing everything I can to reverse my damage. I don't want to then cause more damage. And I'm most worried about my face. So I do make sure that my face gets zero color. I'm less worried about my body, which I know probably shouldn't be what's happening, but that's what's happening. So as long as I don't get any color on my face, I'm okay with that. And really, I try not to get color on my on my chest as well, but that happens. I'm not as, I try, I try to be careful, but anyways, I'm most careful about my face. But anyways, so that was my weekend. It was amazing. It was great. And I really loved it. I'm still really missing my dog. I just miss him so much. He was very, very sweet, and I wish it wasn't so difficult. I saw him the other day, and I really shouldn't because it's like a breakup. When you break up with your boyfriend, you shouldn't see him again, and it should just be a clean break, right? Well, that's how it should be with my dog because it hurt so much when I saw him because he, like, when I went towards the door, he went towards the door because he thought he was going home with me. Ugh heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking so i just i love that dog but he is in, he is being fostered by somebody absolutely amazing so at least there is that but still looking for a permanent home for him so if you're interested to know anybody please reach out to me all right so let's get started on the episode let's get going with clean beauty first so here we go Clean beauty. This is a big subject to unpack. I wanted to break it down for all of you to explain it in a way that really just makes sense. And hopefully at the end of this podcast, you will see it all more clearly. So let's get started. 
Just like with every new trend, there are buzzwords that are used to get your attention. In this industry, unfortunately, there isn't a lot of regulation. Companies can say a lot without having to back up their claims. In fact, the last piece of regulation that was passed was in 1938. You guys, that was 81 years ago. Just think about how much this industry has changed in that time. The 1938 Act is focused mainly on regulating adulterated or misbranded products or products that are falsely packaged. However, labeling products as natural or organic does not qualify as misbranding. The 1938 Act also does not require the FDA to recall potentially dangerous items or monitor the ingredients used in products. So as a consumer, how are you supposed to know what is true and what isn't? I'm going to try and help you through it to make it easier. So what clean beauty means to one brand may not be what it means to another because every skincare brand has its own definition. For the most part, though, clean beauty is about being mindful and ethical of the ingredients used or not used in their products. But again, that is all subject to each brand. What might be ethical to one company may not be for another. It can be based on scientific studies, research, and or what the brand itself feels about certain ingredients. Sometimes when people hear the word chemical, they want to steer clear of those products. But chemical is not a bad word, and it's important to remember that almost everything is a chemical. People, plants, animals, and even water. A skincare product cannot be chemical-free. And if anyone has ever tried to sell you that lie, they are being dishonest. That doesn't mean that there aren't some chemicals that are bad for the skin, which is why you want to make sure you're using products from a company you trust, or at least an esthetician who would be recommending products to you that you trust. Natural is another word that is often associated with clean beauty. Natural is a powerfully resonant term. It appeals to us at a fundamental level, and its frequent use by marketers is clear evidence of its popularity. It can also be dramatically misleading and can contribute to greenwashing, which I'll talk about in a minute. Since most consumers assume it to mean safe, good, or green, arsenic is also natural. So, <laughs> so is cyanide and mercury and formaldehyde. All are hazardous, as we know. So, I mean, you know, if you want to take natural, you got to be careful. It seems that many think this might be a safer alternative. But that may not be the case. A natural product may choose to not use ingredients that we know are safe and opt to use ingredients that are considered natural. But then they have to worry about mold and instability. This means that what they are using as preservatives are not holding up, and you, the consumer, 
are the lab rats in their experiment. Most of this stuff you will find in much smaller brands that really push the natural way of life. And remember, if there's no stability in these products, that's when those products can irritate your skin. And also, you know, when you're looking at products that might say like they're clean, whatever, and you go on their website, you know, and you're you're kind of looking through their creed or whatever, their, their ingredient list or whatever you're looking at, and they'll brag about all the ingredients that their products are formulated without. So they'll maybe, really, they could only list like five ingredients that would actually be in this product, but maybe they're going to list like 30 ingredients because that's way more impressive, right? Wow, look, they formulated this product without using all of these other ingredients. Isn't that amazing? But really, there's about 25 ingredients that would never be in this product anyway. But aren't you so impressed that they formulated it without these extra ingredients? I mean, doesn't it look fancier? Doesn't it look like they are just doing such a better job that they made this product without all these extra ingredients? I mean, it's misleading. And it's a little, it's a little sneaky. It's a little snaky. I don't know. I don't like it. Okay, so... Since this industry is so poorly regulated, a lot of brands will try to scare you into believing that ingredients are bad for you. Or they will use phrases like non-toxic, organic, or all-natural. Remember, these words don't necessarily mean anything because they are not regulated. Companies can basically put anything on the jar that they think will encourage you to buy it. It's the same thing when I talk about sunscreens and the or any skincare products, you know, hyperallergenic, non, you know, it's waterproof, water resistant, sweat proof, whatever. I mean, they don't really mean anything, unfortunately. It just it drives me crazy. They can just slap anything on there that they want. SPF 100. <laughs> I mean, that's not extra protection. Okay, so let's talk about green washing. This is the act of misleading consumers regarding the environmental practices of a company or the environmental benefits of a product or service. So kids, toys or baby products, cosmetics, and cleaning products are three categories in which greenwashing are most common. These products, among the most common products in most households, deserve particular scrutiny from consumers. Organic is the second most common claim on cosmetics, according to a report I read on greenwashing. A claim of organic itself is not misleading, as long as certification or other proof is available. Are you asking for proof or just assuming the company is honest? I mean, organic is everywhere, but... Do we really know if it's organic? I mean, I see, I've talked to farmers and I I know that fruit isn't really organic or what they're saying is they're just charging you more for it. So I don't know. There's no reason why the cosmetic industry wouldn't lie to us if the food industry is lying to us because they all can, but they can all get away with it and just charge you more for it. Okay, so that is 
clean beauty. Basically, it's not really a thing. Or rather, I should say, it's not necessarily that it's not a thing, but you just have to figure out what that means to you and then maybe find a company that aligns with your same values, I guess. That, that's all it is. So it's maybe that it doesn't, there's no like true definition of clean beauty. You just have to find your definition of clean beauty and then find a business that aligns with you. That's my best advice if that's important to you. If it's not, then don't worry about it. But you're not going to find companies that are chemical-free because water is in everything. So, you know, it's, that's just not possible. If you really want results-oriented skincare, then for the most part, yeah, you're going to need a glycolic. You're going to need a salicylic, a mandelic, a retinol, peptides. You know, peptides, you don't really need to, people don't stress about those. But, you know, you're going to need all of that stuff. So you just have to decide what's what's really important to you. And I just, I don't stress about this stuff, but I know some people do. So you just got to figure out what's important to you and what's not, and then find a company that aligns with you. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is parabens. I don't know who started this trend or this rumor that they were bad, but let me tell you, it absolutely worked. And it's been going on for years now, and people are scared, and people want to see paraben-free on the products they buy. I mean, and it's still going, it's crazy. It's still going on. But here's the thing. There is no proof that they are harmful to the skin. No proof, you guys. There's no proof. There's no scientific proof that they are harmful to the skin. These studies that were done on parabens did not take into consideration how parabens are actually used in cosmetics. It's usually less than 1%. But of course, the studies were done in high concentrations. That's usually how stuff is done. This is how I defend my soda habit. When they do studies on rats with or mice on with soda or aspartame, they will do it in such high concentrations, more than a human would ever consume in a day. So the results don't equal to what a human would consume. So they're not realistic. So it's the same things. So what we use in our cosmetics, and by the way, most of them don't absorb into and go into our bloodstream. So that's also not a concern. So, but they're, if we're, <laughs> if we're looking at these parabens that are less than 1%, then, but the studies were done in high concentrations, it's not equal. It's not the same. So it's also important to note, and I just said this, that the most, most ingredients used in cosmetics do not enter the body. We are not eating our cosmetics. They stay in the layers of the skin so that they can make a difference. If the ingredients left the skin, then how could we change and protect the skin. Parabens are powerful preservatives. They're really good at killing both the fungi and bacteria 
that could end up in our skincare products. Parabens have no cumulative effect after 36 hours. I'm going to say that again. Parabens have no cumulative effect after 36 hours, so a day and a half. When parabens enter our body, by the way, they don't enter our body in cosmetics, right? Enzymes in the skin break them down and we urinate them out. But that's only if they enter our body. Reputable science says that parabens are safe in the tiny amounts used in cosmetics. So we're good. Use those parabens. Don't be scared. Okay, so I know all of this can be overwhelming and it's a lot to take in, but it's important to know what's happening in this industry. And this is just another reason why going to a professional like myself is the best way to choose the best products for your skin because I'm not going to scare you. I'm not going to scare you into using my products because I'm basically telling you now that products are safe. Okay? They're safe. You're okay. Okay. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the HBO Max not-so-pretty video of the skin. My gosh. You guys, it was so crazy. All right, so if you want to talk about fear-mongering and propaganda, take 27 minutes and watch this video of HBO Max, Not So Pretty, Just the Skin Part. I mean, you can watch the other videos too, but I'm sure it's just as fear-mongering. In fact, I know it is because people have been talking about it. So I did post this episode a couple months ago, but the audio was absolutely terrible. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read to you what my friend had said. So what I had posted before was my friend who is a doctor. She's a hematologist and an oncologist, and she is quite smart. And she had given all her credentials, but I mean, listen, she went to Stanford. She went to USC. She She's very, very smart. And her name is Dr. Stevie Otis, one of my best friends. She's amazing. She actually started out as a client. That is how we met. And she just was amazing. And she would come in for her facials when she was not as busy as she is now. And we, she would come in all the time and we would just, I just adored her from day one. And she has said the same thing about me, which amazing. And we just became fast friends. And then when I went through a terrible breakup a few years ago, that's when our friendship kind of just like went into high gear (laughs) because she was there for me. And I would spend like multiple nights a week at her house. And I had just gotten my new dog, um, Olive. And so she would come over with me and I would just hang out with her and her husband and her kids. And I got to know her sister and just like her whole family and just They're just wonderful people. And anyway, so I very much respect her. She's very smart. Her husband's very smart too. I feel a little dumb around them sometimes, but I just have so much respect for her. So we do go back and forth. And it's funny because she's like, I know nothing about skin. 
And I'm like, well, I know nothing about anything medical. So we do, like, she'll ask me questions about stuff and I'm asking. She's actually why, how I got diagnosed so quickly with my rheumatoid arthritis because one day my foot just blew up and I didn't understand what was happening. I literally couldn't walk on it and it scared me and I started crying and I was like, what's wrong with my foot? Anyway, so I like called her and I like showed her and I was like, what is going on? And so she started all these like tests, like this blood work. And so she was like, something autoimmune is going on. It was like crazy because it usually takes three to five years to get diagnosed. And I was diagnosed in five months. So it was pretty crazy. That's not even her field. She's just very smart. So she like, like in two months, she like was like, you need to go see a rheumatologist. So that's what I did. That's how I got diagnosed. So I'm very, very grateful for her and um, her friendship and her brain. So when I saw this video, like I called her immediately and was like, I asked her some questions. I'm like, have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of this? And so I was like, you need to come in. So she came in for a facial, but then we first watched, or she actually came in from microchanneling because we've been doing that, but she came in and watched the video with me. And then she commented on, and she just kind of was blown away by the absurdity of it. So I'm sure you guys will get a laugh at this too. So basically, I'm not going to play the audio because it was awful. So I'm just going to read to you what she said in in reference to. So I'm going to talk to you about what clips we watched and what she commented on. So hopefully this will all make sense for you. Okay. So the first clip that she commented on, because we didn't, we only 27 minutes long and we didn't want to, we just kind of talked about the main things that they were kind of talking on because obviously we're not going to talk about every single moment that happened. So the first clip that we were looking at was this doctor, this fertility doctor showing her patient these numbers from some blood work that she got done, but they were like environmental toxins numbers. And I have never seen, listen, I have had, I've gone to the doctor for so many reasons. And listen, I've never gone to a fertility doctor, but I've never seen any kind of test before. I have four siblings. I have never heard my sister-in-laws or my sisters talk about these kind of tests before. I've never seen any of my friends talk about these tests before. So when I saw this, I was like, what is this? So this is what my friend, I'm going to refer to her as Dr. Otis because I think she deserves that respect. So that's how I'm going to refer to her. So Dr. Otis's opinion on this is, quote, this is not something real doctors check, real fertility doctors. And Dr. Otis also said, when I asked her if they meant anything, she said, not to me. And then she went on to say, for example, the alligators. Now, hopefully you guys have watched this, but there was this whole thing about, they're talking about these alligators and some water was being dumped into where these alligators were living. So they were polluting this water. And if I remember correctly, the water then made the alligators sick. So for example, the alligators, they were showing this pollution which chemicals are they dumping out? And are those the same ones going into the oceans? And are the concentrations the same? So that goes back to what I was talking about before with, you know, with the parabens. Are they testing? Do we know all of this stuff is the same numbers, the same concentrations? We don't know. It doesn't make sense. They're just like, they are just throwing out like 
like all this information, but we don't know if it's all the same kind of, is it the same chemicals? Is it the same concentrations? You know, how do we know? And I'm guessing probably not, but they don't give that information. They're just kind of hoping that nobody thinks that much, that you just take this information and you're like, oh, okay. Okay, so the next clip shows this woman, the same doctor, talking about how she brought in her husband's sperm. By the way, this is my actual favorite part of the show. She brought in her husband's sperm to her sperm analysis class to have it analyzed, and that is when she found out how devastatingly low his sperm count was. Now, when I watched this at home, this is when I first called my friend. I, like, stopped the show, and I was like, what? Like, She brought in her husband's sample. Like, what is this? And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, so she's married. Luckily, she was able to bring in her husband's sperm, but I'm single. So if I went to medical school, like, whose sperm would I, like, my my brother or my dad? Like, I'm not bringing in their sperm. Like, that's disgusting. Like, so what, it's just, it's so dumb. So this is what Dr. Otis says. I don't know of any medical student that brought in live sperm into their sperm analysis class. I don't ever remember having that class. We had histology and pathology. We looked at pre-prepared slides, but I don't think this is in anywhere standard in medical school. Perhaps going into fertility or certain specialties might look at live sperm, typically not their own, or brought in from home. That's a little bit weird, end quote. It is a little bit weird. It's a lot weird. Like, (laughs) honey, I have um, sperm class tomorrow. Would you mind? Sorry, we can't have sex tonight, but if you could just, in this cup, if you don't mind. I need it for class tomorrow. I mean, that's just, no, I'm sorry. So these were her final thoughts on this video. Talking about this woman's husband who, you know, the sperm she analyzed. This man is infertile. We detected small amounts of something in his blood, and therefore, that's why he is infertile. And after years of whatever... But then we used real science with fertility treatments, and now we are pregnant. I'm pretty sure it was all that hard work and detoxing rather than the well-established science. And then they have these people speaking for the other side. As you said, she means me because I had brought this up. They immediately discredit them and draw these cartoon pictures to make them look like bad people which is what they did. They would bring in people to fight their side and they made them, they like drew these characters and they made them look evil, but they didn't do that with anybody else. They didn't draw characters of anybody else. It was ridiculous. So she said, she ended it with saying, this is clearly propaganda. It's propaganda in every way. So that's straight from a doctor. I could not agree with her more. It was absolutely propaganda. I don't really know what their end game is. I guess to never buy skincare just to get rid of phthalates because that was their main thing. They talked about phthalates throughout the episode so much. So I guess you're just not supposed to use phthalates. And listen, phthalates are also like in plastics. But I mean, they're in everything. But I don't know. I just, 
It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But it it was absolutely fear-mongering and propaganda. And I just highly recommend watching that and then just laughing your way through it and realizing how silly it it all is because it was silly. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about is phthalates. And that is in reference to this show because they talked about it. And that's what they were really scaring you with is, is the phthalates. It's the whole parabens thing again. They, this is the new, this is the new parabens, I guess. We're going to talk about phthalates. Although I have to say, I haven't seen a lot of movements on phthalates, but I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's going to come. Okay. So phthalates are fine. They're getting a bad rap. Phthalates refers to a wide range of substances that are very different from one another. Some are considered safe and others are considered to pose a potential risk. I do want to say I got this information, this phthalates information from Paula's Choice website. I also did talk to my friend about the phthalates and, uh, I mean, they're safe in the cosmetics we don't have to worry because, again, we're not ingesting cosmetics. Okay, those that are considered to be potential risks are not approved for use in consumer packaging were banned in the U.S. as well as the EU. Just to be clear, these have never been used in personal care products to begin with. Rather, they are used for industrial products. What is often cited as a risk by crusaders is either phthalates that are not present in personal care, food, or medical device packaging materials, therefore not applicable, or studies that utilize massive doses of a type or types of phthalates beyond what would be possible in humans. And there you go. Phthalates are safe. Phthalates are fine, just like parabens. I mean, I'm so over this, like, fear-mongering. I mean, this, honestly, this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast, because I was so tired of all the lies. People just lie all the time. Just lie to sell you things, lie to get you on their side, and I just will never understand it. So there you go. This was a hefty episode and a lot of information, so maybe you guys will need to listen to it a couple times to get it all, but I hope you enjoyed it. Please reach out to me. I'd love to know what you guys thought about this one. If you guys have any opinions or whatnot, I just, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this one, so please reach out to me at social media, email devin at pureskinoc.com. I honestly, I would love to hear what you guys think. So don't forget to follow me on social media at Pure Skin OC, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. By the way, I just posted on um, TikTok today and I'm like in violation of community guidelines. Not really sure why, because I think you guys know my content and I don't post anything <laughs> bad. So pretty funny. Anyways, you can also visit my website at pureskinoc.com. From there, you can see everything that I do, including all the services that I offer and my online store, and of course, my skincare coaching. If you need a virtual consultation, then you can sign up there. And please don't forget to leave a five-star review for the podcast. Every positive review helps this little 
podcast grow. Thank you so much. And by the way, I'm totally official now. I am on a new podcast network. And I mean, listen, I'm real official. So I need those reviews. Help me out, please. All right, guys. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I hope your summer is going fantastic. And we will talk soon. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.